practicing. That's a blessing. Appreciate all of our folks who do that around the church. Amen. Amen. Psalm chapter 82 in your Bibles this morning. Well, that's an odd, that's an odd title right there, isn't it? I knew that was going to get your attention. I was a little scared of that title. In fact, I started to change it. I did change it last night, and I thought, Lord, I'm not going to, I'm not going to put that on there. But that's what I want to talk to you about. And so then I went back and changed it back. And uh, because I wanted, I wanted those words to stand out in your mind. And uh, I want you to look at Psalm chapter 82 in your Bibles this morning. And, and uh, when you find your place, if you're able to stand, if you'll stand with us out of respect for God's Word. Uh, this is our custom here at Calvary. And if you're not able to stand, that's fine. Uh, Psalm chapter 82, and uh, it's a short little chapter, just eight verses, and we're going to read the whole chapter. And I want you to follow the words here. Psalm 82 and verse 1. The Bible says, God standeth in the congregation of the mighty. He judgeth among the gods. How long will ye judge unjustly and accept the persons of the wicked, Selah? And that word Selah is a rest. It's a pause. Um, you stop and pause uh, upon what you just read. Verse 3, defend the poor and fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and needy. Deliver the poor and needy. Rid them out of the hand of the wicked. They know not, neither will they understand. They walk on in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are out of course. I have said, ye are gods, and all of you are children of the Most High. But ye shall die like men, and fall like one of the princes. Arise, O God, judge the earth, for thou shalt inherit all nations. I, I went to Psalm 82. I was reading Psalm, uh, Psalm 11 this week, I think it is, where it says that if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? And I cross-referenced that, and I came to Psalm 82, and <clears throat> really I went there for verse 5. And the Bible says, They know not, neither will they understand they walk on in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are out of course. And I would say amen to that this morning. It seems like all the foundations of the earth are out of course, except the foundation that we stand upon amen. is not out of course. But then I got verse 6, and it got my attention. He said, I have said, ye are gods. You're gods. And I got to thinking about that a little bit, and, and uh, I started studying out, and uh, boy, God began to deal with my heart. And so I want to talk to you a little bit about that subject tonight, uh, this morning. Ye are gods. And so you may be seated this morning, and we'll preach just for a few minutes, and I'm going to let you go to the house. And so let's ask the Lord to help us today, and, and we'll jump into the Bible study this morning. Father, thank you for uh, church service. Thank you for uh, Calvary. And God, uh, it's been a good day. Uh, and as always, it seems like it's just sort of flown by. But Lord, I pray now that as we take just a few minutes and we sort of slow down, and God, as we open our Bibles and we get around the Word, God, I pray that, uh, that what we're about to do, I pray it'll make a difference. I pray that it will glorify the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, I pray that you'll be pleased by all that's said and done from here on out. And <clears throat> Lord, I pray that your folks would receive help today. And Lord, again, we want to pray this, that if there might be one in our midst that's lost, well, number one, we're so glad that they're here and they're in the right place and they're welcome at Calvary. But God, if they're here and they don't know for sure they're saved, I pray today would be the day that they would come to know Christ as Savior, 
Father, you know I prayed that this week. I prayed that you would give us souls this week, that people would be saved this week. And so, Lord, if nobody gets saved today, I'm going to be disappointed. And so I pray that you'll save. And then, Lord, I pray that you'll encourage. I, I just, just know, Lord, there's somebody here this morning that needs some encouragement. And then, Lord, there's probably some that need a challenge or maybe even a little, maybe a little prod this morning. And, God, whatever needs to be done, I pray that you do it. I pray for the fullness of the Holy Spirit now. And I pray that, Lord, you'd work in the service. And, Lord, I pray that you'd keep away distraction. I pray you'd keep the powers of the darkness out. And I pray that you'd keep your blessings in. And we plead the blood of Jesus over this service. And I pray that you'll work. We love you and praise you. In Jesus' name, we pray. And for his sake, and all God's people said, amen. Amen. Why would God make a statement like Psalm chapter 82 and verse number six, I have said, ye are gods. You're gods. And uh, uh, what scripture actually trying to convey here? What is, what is scripture uh, actually trying to say? Is scripture here in Psalm 82 and verse number six? Is it the same humanistic message that's being propagated all over our nation today and on many of our college campuses, uh, which says this, that, you know what, I have enough God in me to make my own decisions. That's what humanism teaches. That, you know what, uh, I don't need God because I am God. I, I have enough God in me that I can do my own thing. I don't need the Bible to tell me what to do. I don't need a preacher to, to preach to me. I, I don't need, uh, you know, I'm not going to have to answer to God because I am God. And because of that mentality and because of that way of thinking, we live in, in a what's called a, a relative society where now they're trying to tell our young people that, that there are really no rights and there are really no wrongs. You see, everything's, everything's relative. Everything's up to you to judge. Um, <clears throat> since you're God, you, everything's up to you. And so what's wrong uh, with preacher uh, may not be wrong for Brother Brandon. And what's wrong for Brother Brandon may not be wrong for Brother Ricky. And, uh, you know, it's up to you to make your own decisions because, you see, there is really no black and white. There's no, there's no right or wrong. And I want to just stop. Now, preaching on that this morning, but I want to just stop, and I want to say real quickly, uh, that's false. There is a right, and there is a wrong, and there is a black and white. And uh, it's right here in black and white. And I'm, I'm glad that God gives us his word, and I'm glad that we can know what is right, and we can know what is wrong. And by the way, by the way, church, what was wrong 100 years ago is right 100 years later. Do you know that? Uh, and so if it was sin, if it was sin when God wrote the Bible, it's still sin today. Uh, listen, it's sin is sin, but I'm glad that we know what is right and I'm glad we know what is wrong. But what does the Bible talk about when it says ye are gods? Well, it's actually the idea of a ruler or a judge. You are God's. Uh, in other words, God is saying this, you're being allowed to stand in or you're being allowed to rule in the place of God. That's what God is saying. And so in Psalm chapter 82, the Lord is saying this, because you're God's, because I've given you the opportunity to rule, I've given you the opportunity to judge, you better be careful how you judge. That's what he's talking about. Uh, you better be careful. What's he saying? He's saying this, you are God-like. That's what he's talking about. Uh, and this is what I want to preach to you about. This is what God is saying in Psalm 82 and verse number six. Basically, the Lord is saying, you and I are God's representative. That's what he's saying. 
You represent God. When you're judging and ruling, you represent God. You are God's representative. Now, you say, preacher, important? I think it's pretty important. In fact, in John chapter 10 and verse number 34, we find the Lord Jesus Christ reciting this verse himself. And in John chapter 10, verse 34, the Bible says, Jesus answered them, is it not written in your law? I said, ye are gods, you're gods. And if he called them gods unto whom the word of God came and the scripture cannot be broken, say of him whom the Father has sanctified and sent into the world, thou blasphemest because I said, I am the son of God. Now, wait a minute now, church, what are you saying? And this is the whole message. This is what I'm saying. You and I represent God. Did you know it is a good day? It is a good day when we realize that we represent God to this world. And by the way, who better to represent God than us? Let me just, let me just give you some thoughts. How about this? Number one, when we're saved, we're made, a, we're made a member of the family of God. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8, verse 15, for you've not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you've received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father, the Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Listen to this. And if children, then heirs, H-E-I-R-S, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. In other words, whatever God has, guess what? I'm an heir to that. Whatever Jesus has rights to, guess what? I have rights to that as well. You see, 36 years ago when I got saved, guess what? I got adopted into the family. Amen. I was lost and on my way to hell. I was without hope. I was heading in the wrong direction. I don't know why he did. I can't understand it. I know it's grace. I know it's mercy. But for some reason, God, when I could not go to him, thank God he came to me. And Jesus Christ saved my soul. And that day, way out in the the back Woods of, of Iredell County, West Iredell County, that day, brother, my name was written in the, in the book of life, and I became a member of the family of God. Amen. That's right. I, who better to represent God than us? When we're saved, we're made a member of the family of God. How about this? Number two, when we were created, we're given an eternal spirit by God. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 7, then shall the dust return to the earth as it was, and the spirit shall return unto God. Who gave it? Did you know there's a part of you right now that will never die? You say, preacher, one of these days, I'm gonna get everlasting life. You already got it. You have something, you have something right now. You're not gonna get it. You already got it. You have something right now that is never gonna die. You have a spirit that is never gonna die. Now, this flesh, it's going to die. They're going to put it out here in the cemetery one day. This is a shell. That's all it is. It's a shell. And by the way, the longer I live, the more this shell begins to wear out. Uh, but brother, I want to tell you what, but I have been given a spirit that is never going to die. It's going to live for all eternity. And by the way, your spirit also is going to live somewhere, either heaven or hell. So who better to represent God? We were, when we were created, we were given an eternal spirit by God. That will never die. How about this? Uh, we've been given the spirit of God. Two different things. We've been given a spirit, but also thank God when we were saved, we've been given the spirit of God. 
1 Corinthians 6, verse 19, what know you not? That your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own. Thank God I have the Holy Spirit that lives inside of me. He helps me. He convicts me. He counsels me. He encourages me. He's my companion. I thank God for the Holy Ghost. Thank God for that still, small voice of the Holy Spirit. Boy, I want to tell you what, I need the Spirit of God today. And I thank God that when I got saved, boy, man, you know what the Bible calls it? The Bible calls it the earnest. When I got saved, God put a down down payment on me and he said, you know what? I'm coming back to get what is mine and that down payment, that earnest was the Spirit of God. Oh, yes, I'm having a good time. Nobody else is. We've been given the Spirit of God. How about this, number four? We've been given the Word of God. Who better to represent God than us? We've been given the word of God. Psalm 119, verse 11. Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. We've been given the spirit of God. We've been given the word of God. How about this? We've been blessed with the house of God. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but so much the more, exhorting one another and so much the more as ye see the day approaching. So God has given us everything we need to become God-like, to become God-like. Now, I would draw your attention to this, that real quickly, God brings us back down and says, don't forget something, you're mortal. So before we ever get too high and lifted up, Notice what God says in Psalm chapter 82 and verse number seven. After he tells us all of that in verse number seven, he says, but you shall die like men (laughs) and fall like one of the princes. In other words, you're like gods, but you're not God. And one of these days, you know what? You're gonna meet God. One of these days, you're gonna gonna die the same death that all men are gonna die. But again, again, the Lord is reminding us of something very important here, and that's this, that we represent him. Now, the reason I did this this, uh, backdrop like this and, and put the billboard on there is because I want you to understand something, that you and I today are a walking billboard. We represent God. We're a walking billboard. Now think about this. Did you know the billboards along the interstate have one main purpose? It's to advertise something. They're not erected to provide entertainment. You never really go down the the road and get really entertained by a billboard. Usually, billboards don't say a whole lot. When we put a billboard on the interstate, one of the things they told us was this, preacher, don't put a lot of words on there because people can't read that many words as they're going down the interstate. And so you need to just be very, uh, you know, very sparse with your words and just put them big and emboldened and, uh, and to let people sort of get, the, uh, get, get their attention. And so billboards were there not to erect entertainment. They're built not to, uh, I thought about this, they're not built there to generate power like a windmill. Go visit Brother Zach and Miss Amber and you go down the interstate and they got windmills everywhere all over the mountains. And those windmills are not there to advertise. Those windmills are there to to generate power. But these billboards are not there to generate power. They're not built to give tons of information. Now, listen, they're simply built to advertise. They represent a product or they represent 
a place. This year, my wife and I, when we went on, on vacation, we went down to Florida. And we went just days, I mean literally just days after the hurricane. We weren't sure, you know, what kind of damage there was going to be. And we saw some damage. But when we got down there around, uh, right around St. Augustine, Jacksonville, between Jacksonville and, uh, and uh, uh, Daytona Beach, one of the things we noticed was almost every single billboard on I-95 was gone. They were all gone. I mean, they were either shredded uh, or there was just poles sticking up there where the billboard used to be. But most of the billboards, if they were vinyl at all, they were gone. I mean, listen, I don't know what used to be there. I don't know if it advertised for McDonald's or maybe it advertised for Subway or maybe it advertised for the Hampton Inn or whatever it might be. But after that storm came, all those billboards were gone. And I thought about this, church. Did you know that's exactly what Satan desires to do to you? Did he want to tear down your billboard? Did you know that Satan wants to rip your life up and destroy your testimony? And did you know that God, that, that Satan doesn't want you you to represent God. He doesn't want you to be a billboard for God. He wants to tear down your billboard. Have you ever seen one of these? Uh, I seen one this week. Have you ever seen one of these trucks? And, and on the back, they've got this billboard. And the only purpose for that truck is advertisement. It's not built to haul things. It's not built to haul stone. It's not built to uh, do anything like that. You know what? It's built for one thing. It is built to drive around and, and to advertise. And some of those advertisements look so real. Now, I said that to say this. Did you know that's exactly what you're here for? And that's what I'm here for? Ye are God's. What is God saying? God's saying, you represent me. You represent me. You represent me to your family. You represent me to your work. You represent me to your church. You represent me to this world. You are a walking billboard. Hey, you are an advertisement for me. Uh, whether how good or how bad it may be, you are an advertisement for me. You represent God. I remember years ago, Brother House told the story. He was walking down, the, walking down the alley one day in between church services, and there was a mom and her little boy. They were walking down the, down the alley toward him, and he noticed the little boy's shoe was untied. Those shoestrings were just flopping back and forth. And Brother House stopped, and he said, Hey, son. He said, You better tie that shoe. And so Brother House just, he just uh, uh, you know, knelt down and tied that little boy's shoe and patted him on the head and went on his way. That little boy, he got the biggest eyes and he looked up at his mama. He said, Mama, did you see that? God just tied my shoe. Did you see that? Now, that was not God, but I'll tell you what it was. It was somebody representing God. I remember, again, I remember the story uh, he told years ago. He was uh, uh, after church on a Sunday morning and his son rode home with him. And on the way home, he said, uh, Son, he said, uh, How'd Sunday school go today? He said, Went good, Dad just a little boy. He said, well, he said, what did you learn? He said, we, we learned that God loves us. He said, well, that's good. He said, what else did you learn? He said, we learned that when we do bad, it displeases God. He said, wow. He said, did you learn anything else? He said, yes. He said, dad, we learned that if we continue to displease God, that God loves us so much. And although he doesn't want to, Sometimes God spanks us. And it hurts him, but sometimes because he loves us so much, he spanks us. And then it got real quiet in the car. And that little voice came back and said, Dad, are you God? 
Are you God? Now, I want to tell you what, church, you know what? He wasn't God. But I'll tell you what he did do. He represented God. Can I ask you a question this morning? Does, does your home have a God in it? Does your home have a God? I'm talking about somebody who walks with God and walks like God and talks like God and acts like God and lives like God. Uh, listen, does your home have a God in it? And may I just say this this morning without a shadow of any doubt, it is why more kids are turning away from Christianity and leaving the church when they get to be 18 and 19 and 20 years old. They're turning tail and going the other way. Why? Because they had a mom and a dad in a home who were supposed to be representing God who lived a, a wicked life and because of that, their kids kids got grown up and said, if this is God, I don't need it. I don't want it. And they went the other way. And I just came here to say this, brother, every home needs a God in it this morning. Man, they need a dad and a mom who love God and live for God and have a heart for God and a passion for God. Ask you a question. Does your marriage have a God in it? I want to tell you what, man, it's a blessing when you're married to God. Do you know that? I'm talking about somebody who represents God. Did you know if you're a wife who represents God, you'll treat your husband differently? Now, we're not going to give you 10 million points this morning. We're just, we're just going to preach what God told us to preach. Did you know if you're a husband that represents God, you'll love your wife like Christ loved the church? Even when you don't get everything you think you ought to get, you'll still love your wife like Christ loved the church? Does your marriage have a God in it? Ask a question. Does your place of work have a God in it? Where, you know what, when you walk in on Monday morning, the employees realize something different. There's something different about you. I mean, you don't have that same attitude. You don't have that same, uh, you know, dark outlook. You, you, you know, you don't come in and say, you know, boy, it's Monday morning, man. You walk in and you say, boy, God is good and life is good and I love God and I love life. And they know that there's something, there's something that's different about you. Does your place of work have a God in it? How about this? Does your college classroom have a God in it? Does your college classroom have somebody in it that represents God? The other kids look and say, I don't know exactly what it is about that young person, but they're different. They have a different spirit. They have a different, they have a different language. You know what, church? It's a shame when our people are walking out of the house of God and talking like the rest of the world. You understand that we are supposed to be a billboard for him. And you know what? You know what it ought to say a lot of times instead of ye are gods, it ought to say ye are devils. Because we're living like that and we're talking like that. Are you listening? And we're, 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 we're doing like that. Listen, brother, I'm just saying this and all I'm saying, we represent God. You are an advertisement for God. You are a billboard for God. You've heard the story years and years ago. I was in uh, uh, 10th grade, I think 10th grade, 10th or 11th grade. We had a literature class in our, uh, in our high school that I was a part of. And I remember I came in one day and the teacher said, all right, uh, kids, she said, take out your literature books. And she said, today we're going to read a play. And I, I always hated that. I just didn't like it, you know, doing the role play thing. But anyway, she said, take out your books and we're going to do a play. And so she began to go around the room and she began to assign different parts to different kids in the room and and she came to me and she said, now, uh, Mr. Pope, you're going to read this part and, and uh, you're going to read this part and you're going to read this part. And, uh, and I noticed as we began to open our books up to the page that she mentioned, 
I noticed the kids begin to laugh and begin to sort of snicker like there was, you know, it was, it was a, um, like a mischievous kind of laugh. And, uh, and I, I wondered, you know, what, what they were laughing about. And as I began to turn through the story that we were getting ready to read, I noticed that it was just laced with profanities. And uh, I mean, dirty words, dirty four-letter words. And, uh, and, and uh, boy, I want to tell you what, uh, uh, young people, my heart sunk. And I thought, listen, you know what? Every young person wants to be popular. Every young person does. And I thought, Lord, please now, when I get to my part, please help it not to have any curse words in it. Lord, help it not to have any curse words in it. You understand something? I never heard my mom and dad cuss once. You know why? They represented God. I never heard my little mama take God's name in vain not one time in my entire life. And so, you know what? I knew what my mom and dad had taught me. I knew what my pastor was a faithful man of God. I knew what my pastor had taught me. I knew what my youth pastor had taught me. My, my youth pastor at the time was my, my wife's dad. I knew what he had taught me. And I thought, Lord, if I talk like this, like the world, man, they're going to be disappointed. Dad's going to be disappointed. Mom's going to be disappointed. God's going to be disappointed. And I thought, Lord, when I get to my part, please help me not to have cussing. And so I turned over and sure enough, sure enough, I mean, the lines that I was supposed to read had profanity in it. And that's what the kids were laughing about. They were going to get to cuss in class and they were allowed to do it. And so I thought, Lord, what am I going to do? And so we started the play and they began to read. And man, I mean, just using the dirty words. By the way, that's a shame. That's a shame. And no kid ought to be exposed to something like that. And any teacher who does that ought to be ashamed of themselves. And we ought to go up there, if we hear things like that, we ought to go up to the school and we ought to start some trouble about it too, brother. And I thought, Lord, and, and man, they begin to read and it was getting closer and closer to me and I thought, Lord, what am I gonna do? What am I gonna do? And so it finally came my, my time to read and so I began to read the line but when I came to the profanities, I skipped over. They said, Why? wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You skipped something. And man, I was embarrassed. But I said to that class, probably about 30, 35 kids, I said, I'm not going to read those words. <laughs> well, they laughed, and I mean, they pointed, and they made fun. You say, preacher, why didn't you read it? Because I represent him. I represent him. By the way, you represent him. Everywhere you go. By the way, did you know there's no time when you don't represent him? doesn't matter if you're at church or at school or at the Christmas party or the business Christmas party or, or the family get-together or wherever it may be. Did you know that we always represent God? Always do. We're a representation of God. We're a billboard for God. Hey, God said, hey, you're God. You represent me. You've heard this story. You've heard all my stories. It's been, man, I was thinking this week, it had to be, I had to be, in the early beginning stages of elementary school. But isn't it amazing how something that can happen that long ago, I'm 50 years old now, but something that happened that long ago is still indelibly imprinted upon my mind. We were at a Christmas get-together at my grandma's. And we had all kind of family came in from out of town and, and one of our relatives had made some wine. And they were passing that wine out. Never forget this. Man, I was just a little guy. And I remember my relative said to my dad, they said, Bill, don't you want some wine? 
And I remember my dad saying, I can't. And they said, why? And this is what he said, because I have kids. Now, I didn't know at the time, although that day, many, many years ago, still stands out in my mind, I didn't know what, God, what dad was doing, but I know now. You know, what God, you know what dad realized? Dad realized he was a representation of God. He was representing God. By the way, that's something I never forgot, never forgot that day. And my dad said, you know what? My kids are watching. Other people are watching. I represent God in front of them. And because of that, I'm going to have to abstain. And by the way, wouldn't it be great? Wouldn't it be great in America if we had some Christians who would rise to the occasion and say, you know what? I don't have to do everything the world does. And I don't have to drink everything the world drinks. And I don't have to smoke everything the world smokes. And I don't have to dress the way the world dresses because I am a billboard for him. I represent God, and because of that, I want my life to be different. I want my actions to be different. I want my words to be different. I want my temper to be different. I want my forgiveness to be different. I want everything about me to be different because, because I am a representation of Him. Amen. My wife and I, we again, I told this story, it's been several months ago now, probably, but my wife and I went on vacation. It was our anniversary. And I had booked, I had booked uh, reservations at a snazzy restaurant. It was, it was nice. And anyway, we went. And uh, that night, the maitre d, after we had pretty much finished our meal, the maitre d came up to our table. And he said, Mr. and Ms. Pope, how was your meal? And it was fantastic. And uh, he said, how was your meal? And was, I said, it's great, probably one of the best I've ever had in my life. And my wife spoke up and said, yes. She said, it's our anniversary. He said, your anniversary? And she said, yes. And he said, what anniversary? She said, 32 years. It wasn't 10 seconds. It couldn't have been 10 seconds. Our waiter came back. He was Egyptian or something. I don't know what he was, what descent he was. But he came back and he said, Mr. Pope, Mr. Pope, Mr. Pope. He said, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. I didn't know it was your anniversary. I'm so sorry, I apologize, I apologize. He said, listen, he said, I have, I'm gonna bring to your table the finest bottle of champagne that our restaurant has. And then he said, you do drink, don't you? Oh my, oh my. The finest bottle of champagne that the restaurant has. But wait a minute, wait a minute. I represent him. I'm a billboard for him. Wait a minute now, wait a minute now. We're 650 miles away from everybody that knows us. Nobody knows. Brother Looney's not in the same restaurant. I don't see any of my deacons around peeking through the trees. I, I, I don't see mom and dad are nowhere. Nobody will ever know. Mama will never know the difference. Daddy will never know the difference. Hey, none of my kids were there. We went all by ourselves. None of my kids will know. But it didn't matter, did it? Because of regardless of where I am or who is with me, I represent him at all times. 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, I represent God. I represent God. And in that crowded, very, very crowded restaurant, people coming and watching and, and, and going everywhere, I knew that my wife and I represented God. And because of that, we could not do like the world does. And that's all I'm saying this morning, church. You know what you are? You are a representative for your God. And wouldn't it be great if we started acting like him? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Man, wouldn't it be great if we had some kids? I'm done. Wouldn't it be great 
if we had some kids who 10 years from now said, just stood up and give a testimony, and so I just want to let this church know I have some of the most godliest parents ever been. I mean, they, they were what they said they were at church. They were at home. They didn't live a double standard. My daddy didn't live for God six months and then lived for the devil six months. I mean, he just, he was what he was. He lived for, oh, he wasn't super Christian, but, but you know what? He, I knew he loved God and I knew he walked with God and I, I knew he spent time with God. Wouldn't it be great? Wouldn't it be great? I, listen, was out visiting yesterday and knocked on a, knocked on a door. Folks visited our church last week. Knocked on a door, invited him to come back. Great visit, great visit. Young lady lives in the home, teenage girl. She said, Pastor, sweet, by the way, sweet girl. She said, Pastor, I know some of your kids. I said, you do? I said, what school do you go to? She said, I go to North Iron. I said, yes, I guess you probably do know some of our kids. Hey, wouldn't it be great if North Iron County knew what kids go to Calvary Baptist Church? Not because you have it stamped on your coat or your dress, but because every day you walk in the North High, you represent God. Every day you walk in the North Middle, you represent God. Every day you, you walk into the college campus, you represent God. Every day you walk into the factory. Every day you walk into the office or sit down in your cubicle, you represent God. Hey, we are a billboard for Him. Oh, yes, yes. Hey, church, let's make a difference. Let's let our light shine. Let's be a witness of how good our God really is. Amen. Amen. Father, we love you. Thank you so much for this time we've had together today. God, help us to realize that we are a walking billboard. Father, we may be the only sermon that some will ever hear preached. Lord, we may be the only Bible that some will ever read. God, that lost person down there on the work site, God, we may be the only Jesus they may ever see. God, I pray that you'll help us to understand today. Oh, my soul, what a responsibility. God, what a responsibility. Lord, our children are looking at us. Our children are looking at their dad. Our, our children are looking at their mom. Father, we're a representation of God. I pray that you'll have your way in this invitation. And I pray that you'll speak to every heart. And Father, we thank you and love you in Jesus' name. And our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. Can I ask you a question real quick?